0: Hey, never sleepers! Thank you for listening to another episode of RNS on NSN. In this episode, I don't just chat with comedian Jordan Foyze. I don't just converse with comedian Jordan Foyze. We debate on this episode of Ross Never Sleeps. Jordan is a breath of fresh air. It's always nice to have someone with differing positions on things and is able to eloquently and hilariously debate them. All this and more on this episode of RNS on the Never Sleeps Network. Hi, good morning, Jordan Foise. Good morning,
1: sir. Thank you for having me. How many different pronunciations have you heard of your last name? Foise? Yeah. Oh, so many. It's crazy. What do you get? I get like a lot of hesitant, like Fozzie, uh, Foise, uh, like, uh, and it's spelled wrong all the time, too. Which, you you uh, could be Fozzie Bear, though. I know. I actually have an uncle in uh, where I'm from in Sault Ste. Marie, He's or he's like a great uncle, sorry, who legally changed his first name to Fuzzy. Fuzzy Foizie.
0: His name is Fuzzy Foizie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he must pick up the ladies every night at the Legion.
1: I Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think he uh I think he runs train at the at the Legion. Yeah. Fuzzy Foizie. I actually I've never met him before. I can only imagine you some sort of um I don't know what you would do if your name was was Fuzzy Foizie and some sort of like criminal under Underworld King.
0: But it seems like your family has a, a way with words when it comes to names. Mr. Desiree yes. Foise.
1: Desiree, no Santegu on it. Okay. Straight Desire is how my middle name is spelled. Where did that come from? It was it's actually my great grandfather's first name. Really? Not an uncommon name in Quebec is what I've been told. Right, so guys. We, you're from Northern Ontario? Northern Ontario, yes. Francophones. Okay Francophone, Northern Ontario. And the other side is uh, First Nations. How's your French? Oh, well, non-existent. Non-existent. <laughs> but I do have a certain uh, scummy charm. So I think that is the French-Canadian in me leaking out. So
0: were you like a class clown? Were you in a northern part of Ontario where it was kind of small town? So
1: I'm from Sault Ste. Marie, which is like 75,000 people. So it's, it, it's small, but... it. <clears throat> it's not like I always think. I tell people about in the picture, like this, like idyllic kind of small town. But it's uh, it's more like a failed, uh, like Rust Belt kind of city. Like it's like uh, it has a steel mill, and then that, it c- it's constantly going out of business and re- opening again. And uh, so, yeah, it's this kind of like bleak former industrial place. It's about eight hours north of Toronto.
0: That's far. Yeah. You hard. don't go back often, I'm assuming. I was just
1: there for a wedding, actually.
0: Okay. But I mean, big events.
1: Yeah. Weddings and Christmases and that's it. I you don't,
0: yeah, I never go back. You ever gig up there?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's great. They're, uh, g- they're good audiences. Yeah, good pizza then, i hear too good pizza yeah how'd you know about that
0: yeah everybody says that to me as if it's like a world-renowned secret yeah, yeah that yeah. only people from Sault st marie in the world know about this but yeah you know you've I like... talked
1: to somebody from Sault Ste. Marie <laughs> before. <laughs> you know i've had a few conversations yeah, yeah, with yeah. some
0: people but for some reason if you're from sue st marie it's like pizza haven like what is it the italians because yeah, there's a,
1: a bunch of italians so there's no like chains there's like one two for one or something it's all like local people their own pizza places though the last time i was there uh, i was a little hungover and i was uh looking for breakfast and i go into a cafe two cafes in a row and they don't have like i'm like i just want like an egg sandwich something like that both of them only had pizza so i was like what the fuck is wrong with this you gotta crack
0: an egg on that pizza
1: yeah at least crack an egg on that pizza come on come on on. Yeah. yeah the sun is up crack an egg on some pizza so when did you move to Toronto? I think it's the end of my seventh year right now. So and then yeah. straight from Sue Saint Marie to Toronto. No, I went to Trent University. Oh, in Peterborough, between. yeah, Peterborough, which is nice. a cool place. I took cultural studies and history. And how's that working out for you? Well, uh, I'm a very competent bus boy at the restaurant I work at during the day. I'm uh, you know, really with it and really aware of the uh, dynamic power relationships that make up my busing.
0: But I feel like, you know, as a comedian, <clears throat> there's two sides of the coin. Yes, there's some really depressive understandings. Of being a comedian, but the other side, you're able to like flip everything on a more, I don't know, lighter note. Does that help being a server? Are you able to like kind of keep the, the smile up when you need to crack jokes?
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's as much as being a comedian as it is, just kind of that's the way I am. Kind of, I mean, I think I think the cracking jokes and making everyone try to smile is what made me end up becoming a comedian as opposed to like, uh, I don't think I got it from becoming a comedian, you know what I mean? Like, I think. It's like yeah, I do crack a lot of jokes, but I was kind of always like that, uh, just because I like. Uh, what sorry, what was that?
0: Well, no, I was going to say, well, where did this start? Was it in Sault Ste. Marie that you yes. realized?
1: Yeah, so this started in Sault Ste. Marie because uh, my parents fought a lot, and it was pretty uh, tense in my house all the time. It was, uh, and so my whole thing was like, all right, let's keep this, let's keep this light, people, let's have a good time, like like compulsively and anxiously always sort of making sure everyone in the room was like having a good time and smiling and uh, th- and I think that kind of gave me pretty bad anxiety but that's why uh stand up is great because it's the one place where like social anxiety is like actually a skill that works because i'm so used to being like oh is everyone in this room happy is every are we gonna get in a fight is everyone is everyone mad at me but when i'm on stage i'm like oh that actually works because then i can quickly like gaze around and be like are you mad at me are you mad at me (laughs) were you an only child no three brothers three brothers four of us yeah four of you yeah what age are you in are you lower i'm the oldest so you really were the mediator I really was. I didn't, I'm just learning about all this now. (laughs) Like that birth ordering thing, because I was talking about my, one of my little brothers, his way of dealing with it is like, he spent most of his twenties literally fixing our childhood home, like our family's home. Like he lived at home and he like fixed everything. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, he he just kind of did it with his hands Um, where I kind of ran away from it all. But my friend was telling me, he's like, yeah, that's what younger, that's what the younger siblings do they want to fix it. They want to like keep that family together. And like, and when the older just kind of run away. And, and you were just trying to make sure everyone was happy. I was just trying to make sure Content. everyone was happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, not killing each other. Just Yeah. Not even happy. Just like, yeah. let's just keep it all. Just felt like thin ice, you know, or just constantly on thin ice. And I was always looking for cracks. And, uh, you know, that's what made me become hilarious. (laughs) Well, you you talk in one of your bits about, you know,
0: the confidence that comedians get when they're on the stage. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe it's the amplification of your voice. Right, 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 But I mean, you said it yourself, you know, are you mad at me? Are you laughing at this joke? Do you like me right now? It's that constant validation. Is it hard to kind of remove from your day-to-day life that constant need for, are you mad at me?
1: Guys, is everybody Uh, okay? It is because I haven't. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: what do you mean, though? What do you? Like, I haven't even. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm like all the time. What is it like in relationships? That's a good. That's. You a, ever dated another comedian? Yeah, I just just it just broke up with the comedian. Uh, we were together for like two and a half years. What does that do? It's it's hard for me to get a gauge on what my feelings are in a relationship because uh, the brain that can imagine. All the reasons why people would be mad at me, it's like doubles down on the relationship. It's like, here's why they're mad at you. Here's maybe why you're mad at them. Are you even mad at them? And then it can kind of... So it's like, I think it might be tough to be... Because it's kind of like the anxiety. It feels like termites just kind of eating away at it. Well, like, does that mean that you shouldn't be dating comedians Oh, I don't I I think more like shouldn't be dating in general. Oh, no, come on. I know. Uh, I know.
0: But like you you obviously have a a need for companionship mm, like everybody else yeah. does, whether it's a comedian or not. You know, is it hard to date outside?
1: Like outside of comedians? Yeah.
0: Outside of I, your industry?
1: I wouldn't do I want to date a comedian again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because it was great and it, it ended amicably. We had a tough time because she, her career is, uh, going far better than mine. And so had to, um, especially the first year, I would, uh, like the jealousy, the jealousy was hard to, hard for me to, uh, to get over, like the career kind of jealousy. And, and, and then, so then it became this thing where she didn't want to tell me what, Good things were happening because she felt like, oh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt his feelings, and then so then we're in a scenario where she doesn't want to tell her partner like good stuff that happened in her life, and um, and so, and that's not really where someone should be. It's a trap. It, it's, it's a trap. Yeah. yeah. So it, the nice part about it is like you have someone to riff with and someone to tell jokes and work on jokes with, and and uh, talk especially about.
0: if they're funnier than you.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the biggest question, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Someone to write jokes for me um, <laughs> uh, for free. So yeah, but I wouldn't do it. I don't regret it, but I don't think I will do it again. Just because it's also the scene gets so is so small. All of a sudden, you realize. And well, yeah, you even see it in Toronto. You know, when there's a comedian couple, mm-hmm. it's
0: hard to separate them.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, we used to. I fucking hated how often we would get booked.
0: On together. the same show. Oh yeah,
1: and especially around Valentine's, Day. <laughs> there, there's all these like you just get all these messages like, would you two want to do it together? And it's like, ah, oh, fuck. I mean,
0: listen, yeah. one car
1: ride, one Uber fare, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? No, we biked. We biked together. We were. We would go on romantic bike rides, tandem um, bike rides. Yeah, tandem bike rides. Exactly. The other reason I want to do it again is because I think you need. I think it's tough. Because we both kind of realized that we're, we're both, I guess, in a way, like, we both cho- chose our own lives over making a life together, which is good. Like, she's got to move to L.A., and I wasn't quite ready to move yet. And I was talking to a friend about it, and he was like, yeah, that's kind of like the artist trap, right? Like, you're always going to chase your own self-inspiration, muse, sort of just your own path to be kind of cheesy, and you're never going to want to compromise that. Like, I think comedians and artists need to be with, like, somebody who whose ego gets stroked a different way, like somebody who doesn't need, like, that kind of, oh, me, 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 you know, like, they're like, oh, I, I, I don't need that, all that, that, so... So I'm looking for that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, if you're listening, yeah, if you're listening to this mess, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, like, you call it a mess, but you're you're so real. Like, you're, right. you're why I like your comedy is you're you're the every man.
1: Oh, cool, thank you.
0: And I'm and I'm not saying that you know in the sense that every man is is jordan foise it's just every man is going through your issues your problems and dealing with this in relationships you know we're at an age you know you and i are close enough in age that when you start dating you're thinking oh my god i'm not a one person yeah entity anymore
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: you know everything i do i have to consider this other person which is not in a bad sense I'm, i'm saying it is well this person obviously brings enough into my life that i have to consider them to help continue that yeah. You know. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound. I think I was like, I would, I, I would say I was overall like a good boyfriend for sure, especially in that regard. But after this relationship is weird, you're asking. It's like now I'm just like, like I was talking to a friend about it. I'm like, I, I just don't want to, I want to like get weird and alone. I think I just want to be like a weird loner. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? I don't, like, I don't want to have to, uh, respond to anybody's texts. That's like my new goal. I just want to just be able to like like I don't because what you're talking about like that weight of being responsible to another person. Um, yeah, I just don't want to have to deal with it for a while. Well, kind it, of in a selfish way too. No,
0: it, it, listen, I I kind of agree that there's a lot of pressures from relationships mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily understand yet because of the technology that is involved with it whether it's Tinder or yeah, right, yeah, yeah. you know text messaging you know how much you know we've lost this sense of of communicating yeah, i mean yeah. i i was listening to your podcast oh yeah 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 um, should i be scared of this should i be scared of this
1: six episodes or something
0: well you know i mean coming from a network that does small batch yeah, brewing yeah. of podcast shows yeah. it, it was fascinating to me you Know, it was a great idea it's done in a short set of episodes it's easy to listen to how many times do you open up a, a podcast it's like when you open up a breaking bad you know mm-hmm. you're like yo oh, i don't want to start six seasons
1: right now right but you this one was the best show i will say this though we did quit it simply because it was too much work <laughs> in what sense oh it was just like a lot of production and uh like, because because it wasn't an interview one, like, I had to go, I had to run around town interviewing people and then also writing, like, kind of, like, um, monologues and stuff like that. And then the thing I find frustrating about podcasts uh, is that, I don't know how you, how you get over this feeling, it was like, but how you're like, okay, I did it. Especially with this one, there's so much work, and it was like, okay, I did it. And then, all right, I'll just put it out there. And then you don't really know what's happening to it. But you're... Almost a journalist mm-hmm. at this point. Yes. I I got introduced as a journalist <laughs> during a show the other day. I'm like, ah, that's not really I know. accurate. Yeah. Journalist of my heart. <laughs>
0: yeah. And mine too, <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: Of all our hearts,
0: of every beating heart. You know, but as a podcaster, mm-hmm. I, you know, took a shine to it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And you can you can feel, you can you can really understand the production value that you put into it, which yeah. is why I liked it. Right. Because right. as a person who's very interview-driven, as far as our network is concerned, I'm like Neil Young, you know, like right. live off the floor, yeah, exactly. you like know, this, tonight's the night. What
1: people don't know right now is uh, we're recording this in a recording van. He drew through the wall of like a studio. That's what we're doing. And we've been smoking honey slides for uh, for like eight hours. That's, but that's it. That's funny. Whenever we were recording the podcast, they were always, uh, the producers were always like uh, – I would use like a rock and roll metaphor like for every episode. I'm like, we got to get through it, man. We got this. Let's tonight's the night it right now. That's right. Tonight's the night yeah, it. I so love that. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Oh, yeah. Because I used to always mess up uh, like the kind of monologue parts. And I was like, keep it rolling. We got it. Tonight's the night it. Just roll it. Roll it. Roll it. Uh, so I'll let you
0: on a little secret. The show is called Ross Never Sleeps.
1: Yeah. Oh right. Got it. Of course. Put it all together. So you're big you're big on Neil. You're Neil's big, the man. Do you know my Neil Young joke? No. Oh man. So I'll I mean this is because his new music, right, is so like it's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. And it's like like I when I was watching this one and it was like uh it was like he 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 said something like There is a town in a peaceful valley, but then the men came with their guns and like that's not even a song, Neil. That's just an old man talking now. Like that's what his songs are. Like. It's just an old man talking like uh why don't batteries work as well? When did the dump get far? but he doesn't sell albums anymore he knows that right he's oh, just yeah. trying to stay
0: current and it's almost like his journalism is now his albums
1: yeah oh yeah and he uh, he i mean he's always been doing that he just exactly he's always, been, he's always just been churning it out he's he's he hasn't changed it's just I just think he's worse now because he doesn't have any editors or anything. There's yeah, no one around him. Yeah, he's too anymore. powerful. He's too powerful. But I mean,
0: that's the, the problem and a yeah. good thing, you know? Like, So why got- do you
1: say journalist? You're saying he's a journalist. Why would you say that I'm a journalist?
0: Well, I'm let, I would say in, in quick sense that Neil is kind of talking about the matters at hand, but his journalistic approaches through music. Mm-hmm. You are the everyman. I actually um, liken you in my head to kind of a Canadian stoner, Doug Stanhope. Oh, cool. That's nice. You oh, like that's, that? Is that oh, a yeah, compliment? That's good. Yeah, of course that's a compliment. Stanhope's amazing. He is amazing. Yeah. But I mean, as a human, sometimes uh, you, you worry about his health as a, <laughs> in general. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I but, think he's okay. I think he's yeah, probably.
0: But he's, he taught, he tells it how it is. Mm-hmm. He really has his experience, which is pretty common. But at the same time, his observations really separate him from the everyman, but also yeah. make him the everyman. And when I listen to your podcast, especially, uh, I, I listened to the one this morning about, uh, should I be scared of, of this? It was about cell phones, about oh, the yeah, technology. Yeah. And it's so true to, yeah. you know, you know, dating and, and the technology, how it affects our everyday life and the production value in the podcast the things you talk about doesn't take away from your journalistic brand. It's actually adds to it. Yeah. So you come off as this comedian who's actually interested in not just giving their observations, but learning and yeah, then yeah. continuing that conversation with your listener. So I was really into it. I, I would think that, you know, if you ever decided to pick it up again, you know, it, it would yeah, be a there's, great there's idea. There's discussions.
1: There's discussions. Thanks, man. I, one thing I don't, I don't like to, it's weird. I, I cause it's also like, it's interesting what you come off to people when they like when they watch you because like one of the things it's like i guess i i understand what you mean when like i i tell it like it is but one thing i don't like making is like statements i don't like i don't like i don't like making points as much as like you're saying like asking questions and kind of and kind of just like like i want everyone to kind of feel like i do and like wonder about the same things that i do but i don't entirely want to like tell people like well this is why you're a fucking idiot well are
0: you afraid of making exact statements or are you afraid of being wrong or are you I afraid don't like of- I
1: don't like statements just because it's like I feel like they haven't gotten us anywhere I don't though this is a statement right now <laughs> 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 shit what a <laughs> trap well I mean <laughs> like that's just it though You're
0: you're kind of in an industry where you know statement can be loosely translated, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're kind of making an observation. Yeah,
1: that's. I just like it's like it's like guys like uh like a like a somebody like a, a Jim Jeffries like respect uh, respect how like good he is, but it's like. It's like, I just don't, I, I, now that I'm old, I just, cause now that I'm older, like, it's just so, like, I'm knowing how complicated the world is and, and how, uh, and how, uh, sort of, uh, crazy, uh, the whole world is where I'm like, it's, it's so hard to make a statement. It's like, cause I feel like there's, there's always more to unravel. There's always more threads to pull. And I'm, I kind of want to just pull all the threads instead of being like. Here's what here's the truth about this scenario cuz I don't really believe in truth.
0: <laughs> well like there's like the Lewis Blacks and the George Carlins and the Louis C.K.'s, yeah. right? Yeah. And those are, guys are definitely statement driven mm-hmm. observations. But you, yeah. know, you don't necessarily come off that,
1: yeah, this, that um, hardcore. Yeah, like I don't I never want to like be like that like and the thing about like Carlin and stuff like like I obviously Carlin's a genius but it's like the world's different now. There it's the statements we want to make they're more complicated because it's like Carlin was rebelling against still like the Cold War, like nineteen and still like that nineteen fifties mind frame of like stayed Protestant conservatism, like upright. But then that all got kind of tossed away, but we still have these like systems of power, but they're a lot sneakier and uh more spread out and they 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 kind of influence every life down to our phone and stuff like that. So it's like I feel like statements they can miss it because it's so big and kind of
0: sounds like another episode of should i be scared of this what what
1: would it be should i be scared of statements
0: statements of or or just like you know oppression that almost comes from like silent uh, you know you know entities that we don't know that are really giving the thumb putting us under their thumb because they
1: learned uh oh if 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 we let them say and do whatever they want then they'll just fucking worry about buying new records and uh coffee (laughs) you know what i mean like Something's never change. Yeah, but it, like in the when Conor's coming out, you're like, you can't say that. You can't say that. Don't say that. And it's like, but we have so much to talk about, and now we just kind of like, oh, you can say whatever we want. We're just gonna flood it all with like, we're just gonna flood the airways with just dumb, dumb shit.
0: Do you find that as a comedian, you're sometimes an advocate?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I so I did this. I wrote this one thing about. I wrote an article for Vice where it was about how no popular culture ever talks about climate change. Like the example that I used was master of none, which is like, this was renowned and it was really, it was great, but it was renowned for, it covered everything, right? Like it was, it was all about like, what it was like being young in, in New York city. And, uh, and and sort of like um, it covered race and, and relationships, and, and, relationships and, and, and being 20 and not knowing what you want to do. And, and it covered all this stuff and it was so like real or whatever. But I'm like, these shows, should there should at least be a line of dialogue about climate change in this stuff. Because it's like our artists, I think, have a responsibility to kind of bring it up. We should just at least be bringing it up because nobody brings it up in a way that makes it more human and relatable. And so then I wrote that article and then I was like, well shit, now I have to, now I have to write a joke about climate change. Cause I didn't, I didn't have one. So, uh, so yeah, I would, I, yeah. Advocacy. Yeah. I would say that. Well, I, would, I mean, it that's what I got about- into it for. I want to, I want to like change. I want, I would want somebody to be like, Oh, I never, that's a cool point. I never really thought of that. You so know? what are some topics that you want to touch on? I, so I had the climate change one that I really wanted to do. And it's, almost done and uh i want to do one about uh debt that's something that i i want to get a hold of for like a good joke like uh and then sort of and i and then inequality i guess is a uh, something that i i'm always interested in but no a- fat cats just, just want to get rid of those fat cats i want to keep those fat cats on their toes man but as a comedian, mm-hmm. you
0: have to play both sides, and sometimes you almost have to root for evil to win, just so you have material.
1: No, I don't agree with that because evil will always be there. It's like I'm, I, it's it like it's, it's like the thing where it's like, is Trump funnier than Hillary Clinton? Right. It's like yeah, it's spectacularly so. But I don't ever, I don't, I don't want those jokes. <laughs> I'd rather not. Right. You know, I wi- I wish the only thing. There was to write about was just sort of observations as you walked down the street in a world where everyone uh, was fed and had a roof over their head and there wasn't uh, warfare brutal warfare kind of killing everyone like I, and then I wish like oh I slipped on a hot dog or whatever like I wish that was like as crazy as there it could was too be too much you know? money in my bank account yeah, yeah exactly from, from uh the guaranteed annual income that yeah, the, yeah, entire, yeah. the world has set up by uh eliminating uh the charity the hedge fund loopholes and things like that the yeah. charity I donated to actually gave
0: me back so yeah. much money <laughs> exactly
1: yeah. exactly well that actually happens a lot <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not yeah, to go, go back to Donald Trump yeah. um, oh man Yeah. So yeah, I I I want I would like things to be better, and then uh, I would gladly trade all my jokes for a better world. (laughs) (laughs) A noble sacrifice. Yes. So noble. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: What? Well, you mentioned Vice. Yeah. How did you get connected to Vice? Did they find you? Actually, through
1: stand up. There was a person who used to come to Co. all the time who um, was writing. uh, Who's a writer there, and uh, she's like, "We're looking for like always looking for like funny stuff." And so then I, I pitched them a couple... The editor, she gave me the name, and I just pitched them a couple of stuff. And then the first article I wrote was really bad. <laughs> and then... Uh, what and was then it on? It was on the X-Files reboot. Okay. <laughs> and uh, a lot of time when I pitch, I just say tweets that I came up with. And then when if they pick it, I then I'm like, oh, shit, now I have to write yeah, this whole thing.
0: That's what's called being a journalist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: just like, uh, I need a deadline. Um, it was like, uh, I hope the... I hope the next season of the X-Files is just, uh, Mulder explaining to Scully why vaccines cause autism. That was, that was the joke. That's and then I So then I had to do a whole article, but it was it was bad. It was the article was, I didn't really know how to write yet.
0: Were they paying you? Are they paying you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Great. So that's, I mean, my definition of what a journalist is, you know. Yeah, like I get
1: paid. You, you're a photographer. If you get paid money, you get paid yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, Other right. than that, you're just a guy with a camera. And it's also fun because I, uh, I recycle a lot of my jokes in the articles too, right. so it also feels like I'm getting paid for my jokes, which is nice. Uh, Very important. Jordan. Yes, exactly. Give them a little monetary value.
0: What? So you're going to do a, an article on climate change? You've written stuff about rolling joints. One of my favorite articles. Oh, yeah, I, right? yeah. I mean, I'm a stoner. I love yeah. this stuff. I eat yeah. this stuff up. And the best line from your your article yeah. was about how rolling joint, the art form. Yeah. Is the, one of the few things that in our day and age takes us away from technology. You actually have to physically put down your fucking smartphone. It's phone. true, you
1: can't. You have to like have it in your hands. I had to learn how to do it. I had to teach myself, you know. It's practicing. amazing though. Yeah. I,
0: I don't I can't even think of too many things other than like things that you legally have to But put now your phone the technology
1: down. is even coming for that. With like vape vape pens and stuff like that. Like you can buy like a preloaded vape pen, but it's not a joint. No, it's not. It's the, but it, I was talking to two people yesterday. They're like, I like the vape pen more than the joint. And I was like, just get out of here, man. Let me get my Volkswagen <laughs> van and just cruise, baby. <laughs> just
0: cruise. Um, have you always been a pot advocate? Was it bred into you? Was it a comedy thing?
1: No, so, uh, it was like, I guess I started when I was. When I was 14, I did it just because everyone was doing it and I wanted to be cool. We're we still in the Sioux? Yeah, still in the Sioux. Uh, so everyone was doing it and I wanted to be cool. So I went up, I got asked my friend Lawrence for some. And weird, some people have like, when you got high for the first time, did you get high or was like, I didn't get high?
0: Are you, you're like, are you asking me personally? Yeah. Um, I remember... They're
1: like, I actually uh, have never smoked. High. I was that, Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> There's actually a, a piece right in front of us. Yeah. Um yeah help yourself if you like
1: yeah really uh, please all right i i'll, I'll
0: regale you with my uh okay, with my perfect. first time I'll getting stoned um basically it was at a guy named jordan's house oh, uh, th- around the street jordan was a popular name where
1: i grew up very fucking popular yeah. name that talk about like we were talking about how my parents were like, about naming jordan's like the there's like it, I think like it was like mid 80s. It was just fucking everyone was naming kids. My kid brother's name, Jordan. Really? Yeah. Jesus. My girlfriend's brother's name, Jordan. Come on. I kid you not. Okay. So you're so you're going to Jordan's place. So I'm going
0: to Jordan's place. We worked at like the same summer camp together. Had to have been like 16 years old. Uh-huh. I was like a pot Nazi.
1: Oh, really? That. Didn't didn't like it. Just didn't all. understand it. Yeah.
0: Right? I mean, yeah. even though like, I was raised in a hippy-dippy family, my, my mom was pretty straight-edge. I mean, she is straight-edge, very square. Mm-hmm. But my dad and even my stepdad, separately, of course, because they weren't- Yeah, so I understand. They, <laughs> they just light up
1: a huge doobie and talk about your mom. <laughs> no, but like my mom
0: understood free spirits and stuff, you know, and, and she parented us and made sure that when I finally did start smoking, that it wasn't taking over our lives or anything. But mm-hmm. when I was finally accepting it as a lifestyle, so I saw that people that I actually trusted and respected getting high. Mm-hmm. I tried it, and I coughed, and I almost kind of felt what I can relate to now is almost like a greening out feeling. Oh, you
1: got nauseous. Yeah, Yeah. I was very
0: nauseous and and coughing, and I just didn't understand. I never had experience anything like it before but then i think as the night went on and the more you kind of ease into it and the more of the effects that that go down you enjoy it in a sense or you know right away you don't and then you're like i'm never doing this again Mm -hmm. but then
1: so you did get high
0: i i I would say i would i would i I got more sick than Mm -hmm. high but as the sickness kind of right you know fell to the wayside i was kind of okay i understand what this feeling is yeah
1: right right like at first you're just like oh oh god i'm out of control i'm out of control um why'd you go back then you're like,
0: I think my social crowd, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I played in bands oh, yeah, throughout yeah, high yeah. school, and <laughs> I was always in, around musicians. And like, you grow up watching Bob Dylan and Neil Young, with yeah. smoking, you know, a, a rolling out waltz. a number for the road, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, like Neil Young's fucking got a cock, got a cock, a coke. Uh, he's got, coke got a rock. cock <laughs> hanging
1: out of his nose. I <laughs> was gonna say coke rock, and it came out yeah. cock. All right, let me have another hit of this. Yeah, that'll that'll help. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, my first my first one, I got really high, and it was super fun. There was a, somebody who was driving like a little mini dirt bike, and at some point I was hanging off the back of it while people were throwing cheese buns at me. How was this your first time getting stoned? Yeah, I'm Ste. Marie, man. It's a car, It's like Sault Ste. Marie is like freshwater Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> wow, freshwater. and cheese buns. That makes sense with yeah. all the Italian pizzerias mm-hmm. around. There's just
0: an abundance of cheese buns to be thrown.
1: Oh yeah, we don't even eat the things. We're just yeah. scaring
0: kids off with them. Yeah, pizza in Toronto does not exist. I mean I have a I have a food podcast on this network too, but mm. um, I I can never really find a good conversation about pizza. And I've actually never been to the, <coughs> the Sioux. Oh buddy, you gotta, go, you gotta
1: go on a little pizza road trip.
0: Little pizza it's not quite a little pizza road trip. The same amount That's of time wild. I could drive to Sioux St. Marie I could actually go to New York and have good pizza. That's
1: fair. <laughs> you <laughs> could fly. Yeah, how much is a flight to Sault Ste. Marie? $180. That's not too bad if it wasn't Sault Ste. Marie. (laughs) You're going to get there and you're going to be super sad. One time, uh, an ex girlfriend went with me, and within like two hours, she was just like crying. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I don't know. This place is just so sad. (laughs) She was made sad by the. Is it beautiful? Is it like kind of God Richie? God Rich? It's like the nature is beautiful, but what's on top of the nature? (laughs) Is not beautiful. Any of your brothers still live there? One does. He's about to move to Edmonton, though. Is that a, a lateral move? As far yeah, as it's a city? Way <laughs> lateral move. That's like, go deep. <laughs> no, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: right. Like, why not just go to Toronto? What's an Edmonton other nah, I mean, his, his
1: girlfriend's family is there. Mm. I, I mean, it is actually a bigger move because, uh, I think the key is for people from Sault Ste. Marie and kind of place like Sault Ste. Marie, you just got to get out. Really, wherever no. you go, just get out. You know.
0: So you went. You, you got stay. out when you went to to Trent. Mm-hmm. That was your first. Like, yeah. oh my God, there's yeah. other places to exist and meet. And people. it was like a
1: desperate. Well, it wasn't desperate, but it was like because I went to. Uni- but that was the thing for university for me. Where it was like I, if not for that, I wouldn't have known how to leave. Okay. It's it's this weird place of like there's only like blue collar jobs, right? There's only like jobs where you like make things or fix things or there's like service industry jobs. But so then as like a, a sort of smart kind of like sensitive guy who is not great with his hands, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I didn't, I did not know that there were like white collar jobs. Like I wouldn't have any idea. Not that I want to do any of those, but I, <laughs> I, I, uh, like I didn't know what you would do. So I just, that's why university for me was like so key. Cause it was like, like, I, my joke is like, OSAP for me, it's like I took out f- a 50 grand loan just to make sure I never became a Nickelback fan. Oh
0: my God, that's like, hilarious. Like, that's
1: that's kind of what, what, what it was, you know?
0: If you weren't a comedian, yeah. if you weren't a journalist, mm-hmm. you're still living in the Sioux,
1: I'm still in the suit. Let's say. Okay. I,
0: this is a hypothetical situation. Yeah, right.
1: I love it. I'm dead. You're dead?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's your profession? I'm uh, deceased. I'm probably fucking dead. Like drugs? Uh, am I Alcoholism? selling drugs? no No, no. no why, why would you I die? die? Why are you dead? Alcoholism. I'm probably not dead. I fucking have no idea. Like, <laughs> I'm
0: probably not dead. I'm probably dead. not dead,
1: but maybe. I'm, it's probably sad. I'm probably managing like an A&W, and I'm just bitter and i'm just collapsing under the weight of my own bitterness you know
0: do you ever like kind of think about the people that you went to high school with that are actually a manager of an
1: W right now uh <laughs> yeah I, I mean i feel i feel for them none of my friends are like are like that but i do have a bunch of friends who are still there and i get i get why you know because you uh some people do like it they like they like the fact that it's the the pace of life there is ridiculously slow. And, like. it, and th- I'm so thankful for
0: Facebook because we can see how much more I interesting know. your life can be when you leave oh, a small yeah. town. Yeah,
1: right. And then that draw happens there. I like Facebook because I get to find out when people from my hometown die in freak truck accidents. Oh my
0: gosh. You're, you ain't kidding. Mad Max right there. Oh
1: yeah. Fucking crazy. I didn't even know you could fit 10 people in that size of truck, but there it was. Cheese bun in the exhaust the pipe. Cheese That's bun in the exhaust pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, let's talk about Toronto. Okay. You're clearly a Toronto boy now. Mm -hmm. Is it obviously a city that you're going to try to stay in as long as you can, develop your career here? Are you one of those people that want to go to the States? I don't
1: really want to go. I wish I could uh, stay in Toronto forever because I think the city is amazing. I love Toronto. No question. It's it's great. Uh, Very livable, but uh, you just can't. You just have, you have to leave.
0: Well, I understand you have to get experience outside of Toronto,
1: but not even that. Like, there's just no, there's just so few jobs here to make money off of as a comedian. Like, there's, there's like I don't know, there's like five TV shows. Sure. Mm-hmm. And how do we f- change that? How do we flip I, it? Here's the thing: the people, there's a comedy boom going on right now. Uh, yeah, it's huge. It's huge, but. Okay, so like my whole thing was like when you see with something like JFL forty two and you see sixty thousand people who all of a sudden wanna see comedy, they pack every fucking show, and they wanna see like Maria Bamford and shit like that. Like they don't wanna see like they're not they're not just like looking for like a club like they're looking for weird, idiocentric kind of comedy, they're looking for podcast comedy, right? Like the podcast boom is in Toronto. I imagine like millions of people in Toronto are listening to comedy podcasts. I uh, like how many Bang Bang can fucking sell out like Danforth Hall like twice. Even Greg Proops. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So my question is like, so the P- the Canadians that are into it don't give a fuck about basically local shit. Is,
0: like, it, the, is it the Canadians? Is it the viewership, or is it because you know they're not being exposed to it? Like, I think it's
1: both. I think it's a combination of a of a, a, a just a, a weak entertainment industry just because it's uh, of a combination of uh it's like kind of um what's the opposite of a meritocracy when it's when it's just like it's like nepotistic basically the scene here and and sort of if you've been in the industry you just keep getting work so like once you're in you're in instead of like the, and instead of like turnover
0: i've heard a lot of people say that jfl 42 you have all these american acts yeah you're Canadian. Where's the Canadian? On, where's the Canadian
1: on the poster? There's not one Canadian in I that picture. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, there's not in the all, in all. of the pictures they have like a pictures of like twenty people. There's not one Canadian on there, and I'm not like a huge. I'm not like a. I'm not a nationalist at all. Like it's not like I'm like rah rah rah. But it's like thanks, Brian Adams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like it's like. uh And
0: I'm the same way. We're
1: colonial and we, English Canada is colonial. We like, we, we exist as an audience, as an extra 15 million people for American companies to sell to. And everyone in Canada at the, uh, at the top of that gets fat off the current relationship. And so, and it's easier. They don't want to take the risks that involve building, uh, an actual entertainment English speaking comedy industry. Here they'd rather just keep bringing it in from America this coming from the guy who doesn't like making statements yeah no I get and I was gonna say
0: (laughs) like hello statement maker but at the same time as I'm coming from the opposite end I'm Mm -hmm. not just for laughs you know I'm an independent you know Mm -hmm. journalistic podcast entity you go see it I want more comedians I want Mm -hmm. more actors whomever it takes musicians to really push the envelope where, yes, maybe JFL Corporation is not going to understand that. But if you guys all band together and have a little bit more of an approach from an independent.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. there might.
0: I, I understand. Yeah. Not no, a, I, it doesn't work all the time. No, but.
1: I agree. Like I, I did. Uh, and I mean, it wasn't very big, but I did like a just this like little Ontario tour in January and just just to be able to do it and it made me kind of realize like oh if we were all doing this there would be a circuit but like you just we,
0: said there's a, a million people listening to comedy podcasts in Toronto i, I
1: mean know. that's why don't but yeah i mean we we got to it's I, I i think that could also be the answer to your question like how do we change it it could just be like we are changing it and it's it's just kind of building right like they just don't know because there are so many people, but like the comedy scene in Toronto is amazing. A lot of it is because people are building stuff. It's huge. And, and it's
0: bigger than people will ever know. Yeah, and that's and why I do this. Yeah. Because, and it's accessible too. Yeah. I mean, how many, I mean, you don't know me. Like yeah. this is the first time we've ever met. I've seen you on stage. You know, you work with some of the, my favorite comedians in the city who I also want to get to talking yeah. to you about, you know, but. In L.A., do you think you can just, like, Chris Just be like, hey, bud, exactly. come to my podcast right yeah. now. I happen to live down the street. Like, how Like, do you, how far do you live from here?
1: Uh, like, a 25-minute walk. Right? Right. Yeah, no, that part. And that's one thing that I love about doing uh, comedy in this scene is, like, you're always on shows with people that blow your mind. Even at, like, a crappy open mic. There always be would always be somebody who would drop in and blow your like, Like, to me, like, Chris Locke's, like, the fucking funniest dude no question he's like he makes me laugh as hard as like anybody you wanna hear a good story yeah of course I just saw him at the comedy works yeah, yeah in yeah. Montreal
0: yeah. he recently did a couple nights there I went cause I was hanging out with some comedians from Toronto yeah he, his first night uh it was like a Friday night I think he did like an 8 o'clock and a 10 o'clock the 8 o'clock show we went to there was 7 people in the audience <laughs> yeah 3 very gorgeous older women in the front row like literally right at the stage and like uh a couple and like two friends one was like from recently got off a plane from europe and to for a friend to keep her awake to get get the time change and the jet lagging (laughs) jet they went to a comedy show
1: oh that's great
0: so it's it's literally them and a bunch of comics in the back yeah and it's chris by himself the openers did their thing but then chris goes on and he literally got all these people to kind of band together as like one group essentially he got them all to introduce themselves talk about themselves he sat down it was almost like a therapy session wow that's amazing and it was probably one of the best comedy shows I had ever seen and he had I mean he usually has those kind of crowds eating out of the palm of his hand but the fact that he connected to three Montreal women in their you know attractive 50s and and two uh interesting younger crews and i i'm, I'm just like watching him like a wizard like yeah. oh yeah like it's almost like he doesn't realize he's doing it yeah. either so
1: he, and he brings them to him yeah it's not with a pandering thing like he connects a room everyone watching them and then he's and then it's like okay and now you're in my fucking weird brain but so anyways thinking like about toronto is like if if i was in la when i first started out i'm not gonna be on shows with with that guy right right that's that's why Toronto's amazing so that's why everyone should go see shows in toronto
0: yeah I, I do i great. do i do think that sometimes uh the actual audience needs a little bit more of a kick in the pants to get out there especially think, in the winter i think toronto is
1: bad for that i think that's one thing about i think toronto overall is a, more of a like we have to be told to go out and do something like we're not, it's like, oh, is that cool to do now? Okay, well, I'll go out and do that. But we don't like to just kind of go out and do things. But this is
0: why podcasts are becoming so popular in because Toronto. people are staying in in Toronto. Or they're on the TTC and they don't want to yeah. talk to other people. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're glue themselves to their iPads or their iPhones yeah. or your Androids. Which is why I think the boom can happen in Toronto through podcasts. Which is why I was like, oh man, I wish your podcast would kind of be, a, you know, maybe a
1: seasonal thing. That you know, was the initial. I just uh, that was the initial goal. It's just uh, why doesn't Vice pick it up? Have you ever talked to them about it? I guess I should pitch it to them. Yeah, I'm bad at these kinds of things. We need to talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm bad at the. I'm bad at pitching. I'm bad at uh, na- navigating that kind of stuff. I mean, but that's the problem with any good comedian
0: is we're weird. And, you know, you have an art form that kind of disconnects you from
1: those things. Yeah, I mean that's what I like about it. But then there's also tons of comedians that are really good at the Yeah, very, very they good. They fucking at it. do it and I'm always so jealous. I'm like, oh, how do you just like the ability to be able to kind of like walk around a room and be like, hey, how's it going? I'm uh here's my card or I'm just like,
0: ah. ah. But do you ever feel like after you nail a good set? And you, you know, like that whole journalistic approach from the Vice people that they approached you—you yeah, know—that yeah, yeah. probably was from a good set. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. ever feel coming off a good set? Oh, who saw me today? Did you never know in Toronto who could be in the audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, no, I I, I never assume there's somebody special in the audience here. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I I feel good. I feel good. You know, that's all. I, that's all I'm looking for. I just want that rush, man. How do you celebrate it? What do you do after a good set? I get too drunk yeah and then i i get too fucked up it's normally a combo of uh pot and booze yeah that's an yeah. that's an easy canadian combo oh, yeah 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 uh, with a poutine at the end i wish i didn't i wish i didn't even celebrate i wish i was just like good and then yeah. i just went home <laughs> that is done now but do you find that when you have a bad set you're also getting oh, too fucked yeah, up I on know.
0: Uh, pot and alcohol? I've,
1: I've stopped a little bit because i know how like dark it is like uh yeah And I just don't have Bad sets anymore man
0: Hey <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw you last week It was really good Or a couple of weeks
1: ago At the underground yeah, What yeah, are yeah. some of your Favorite places to play Comedy bars The home base I love comedy bar I love underground I love There's the patio At the hot box uh, The back patio Yeah the back patio uh, That's the. It's like so magical In the, in the summer There's no microphone Oh in, really sun's out And there's always Like a bunch of people That I like there And it's It's always just fun to do and the Ossington, the back room of the Ossington.
0: Yeah, Chris does a lot of stuff there. Yeah,
1: I think that's it. Cool. Those are the cool places, And I would like, say.
0: what about outside of
1: the city? Oh, man. In Guelph, there's this group called The Making Box, who I just got, got their own space, and they put on a bunch of amazing shows. They're doing the kind of thing that I haven't even seen anybody in Toronto do, where it's like, I don't think Toronto has, there's not as many people that want to do the infrastructure stuff. There's like a lot of people who are the comedians and talent, but not as many people who are like, I want to make a venue and stuff like that. But these guys set up a scene and they have this audience and they're so pumped for amazing comedy. Like every time you go down there, like they want like amazing smart comedy and they're super comedy literate and they just, yeah, it's amazing. Shout it's out great. to Guelph. Yeah. They, oh, it's great. It's huge. It's so fun.
0: What's the best audience? What's the best Jordan Foisy audience?
1: Uh, Pot room. White nationalists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's like probably hipsters at the end of the day yeah yeah why is that i think my vibe is like um not young but like it's of that millennial or whatever you want to say i uh okay so here so i think it's just basically people who like can kind of who like uh this is a story i'm this is a story about who's not right for me. So it's not so much what audience is good for me. It's more like, so I was doing a show one time and there's a room where they have like people who meet up on like a friend site, like a, it's like a, it's like a match, it's like a message board. A meetup. A meetup, a meetup group. Yeah. Where you like, you, it's like you go and you all meet up. Why instead of fucking, so why do they do a stand up show is being social. It, it's just like, okay, meet all these friends, but, uh, let's go to that place where we aren't allowed to talk. Might as well um, go to a movie. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Exactly. And I've done this show twice and I just eat shit both times. Just like they just, fucking hate me. They like, <laughs> cause they like mercilessly heckle me and not, and it's fine. Cause I, I'm like pretty good with people heckling me. Cause that's not audiences like that. I have a lot of pauses and they, they see it as like, they want to talk to me like, I get I get talked to more than the average comedian because I I'm like a little more like well, let's just kind of figure this out and then they're like he doesn't know what he's doing let's pounce need him up anyway so I just eat shit both times and then I realize it's like oh because all my jokes are like on one level making fun of the kind of person that would do a meetup group you know like I, I a sort of person who who takes life very literally and on face value and like i'm gonna go make some friends with this like weird group online and and it's yeah so that's who i should be performing stand up in front of (laughs)
0: let's just weed out the uh,
1: conventions like if there's like if there's if it's about feeling good
0: (laughs) yeah. well comedy obviously i mean any real comedy fan knows where it actually comes from the deepest, darkest places. But that's why yeah. we need our jesters. Like, oh, that's yeah, why yeah, you're yeah, important. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you need to be the most depressed person in the room.
1: Yeah, you would hope so. <laughs> Let me take all your pain.
0: I'll be a martyr for your uh, pain. Well, you were just listening on Narcity's 35 yeah, I don't know funniest people from Toronto. Someone just like decided to hit the Twitter. I know. That was so, so They random. just hashtag
1: Toronto comedians. You want to know the best story about being on that list? So I somebody else linked to it on Facebook and I'm going through the list and I'm like and uh, my bitterness is increasing as it goes to the list because I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm never on these fucking stupid lists. This, is fucking, <laughs> this guy's on this fucking list. Fuck off. This is fucking stupid. What even is this? Li- oh, there I am. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels good. That's the oh, affirmation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was your tweet again? It's like, in the future, the only two jobs will be Uber driver and event room planner. No, escape room room planner. Fuck. Yeah, escape room planner. So
0: funny because it's amazing where technology kind of. Is blending our wants of professional, like, like, oh yeah, you know, jobs, just like as professionals, it's like, well, I could sit at a desk nine to five and yeah. hate my life and be with somebody above me who hates their life, so they gonna trickle down, or I could just drive around all day. You think that's
1: what Uber's uh, like appeal is? uh I
0: mean, like, not even just uber's it's just like, or I can just like, I have an extra room in my house. It's I true, could just yeah. have a stranger living yeah. here with me. So, do you think
1: these things are good or bad? Because I'm. A- classic sort of like labor socialist so i'm like i'm like i uh, no, we're eliminating the working class and we're gonna ruin uh, everything with this move but let, let's
0: i mean i didn't know this was this conversation was gonna get this deep yeah, but yeah, like yeah. let's talk about the uber taxicab yeah. like you're telling me you are actually rooting for the taxicab
1: industry it's not so much i'm rooting for the taxicab industry as much as like i don't like how Unquestionably, we are willing to just let a new technology knock a bunch of people out of the economy uh, and we kind of just do it callously. Okay.
0: I, I see exactly on yeah. a principle level where you come from. Right. But market share is market share. Right. You know, ultimately, the best application or convenience driven
1: form. Yes, I just agree, disagree with that philosophy. Why? Because I don't think that... When when that's the only thing we take in, con, into consideration, sort of like which app is the most convenient, it's that kind of attitude where it's like, well, but also like how inconvenient was getting a cab before. You know what I mean? I don't know how
0: inconvenient, but like how ruthless some of those...
1: That's why I don't mean to say that I'm pro-taxi because also I know the taxi system here was like very corrupt, uh, like not a good system at all. Like I know it's a bunch of bullshit with like the plate ownership and uh, and that. But it's just kind of like, I just wish we would... Instead of with the thing where it's like, well, listen, if you're going to, when two dogs are fighting, who's ever the biggest one wins, it's like, well, isn't there a way like, can not we just kind of make a new, uh, do the taxi system? I, I don't know what the answer would be. I just, I just put I, two I'm dogs so together yeah, and make one super dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or why don't, what, what about an app that brings you a pack of dogs to ride? Yeah, that's There great. we go. That, then I'm fine. That would definitely work up north. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's not so much that I'm uh, pro. I'm pro taxi in the way that I'm pro normally, like the working person, and I don't like when no I don't like sure. seeing somebody's earnings drop by fifty percent just because an app showed up that is also, like, Uber's fucked, man. Uber's like a fucking giant evil corporation that's like... No question. That, but was, so is
0: the taxi industry. They're not a
1: giant evil corporation in the sense they're that... Smaller they're smaller evil they're, uh, they're a corrupt, inefficient, uh, sort of, something that's gotten fat off the status quo, where Uber is like this revolutionary technology that's going to kind of... Change what a job even is. And it's being driven by a person who's like noted for his like libertarian, like fuck any sort of rules on anything kind of zeal, you know? So that's why I think Uber is like pretty fucked. Cause it's like, it's like, we're all just going to be Uber, uh, Ubering all the time. Like we're not going to, there's not. And so then the thing is with Uber, they have no responsibility. As the person that's making all this happen you know like like they're like oh we just connect people we're not the thing but it's like that's yeah but you're worth like fucking nine billion dollars because of your just connecting people
0: the issue is i mean the bigger issue for me is there's so many issues Mm -hmm. that are just being battled against each other
1: and this goes so so there's that thing about talking about like i don't like how callously we'll we'll will disregard a workforce that's, no question that's my big thing No question. but then there's also so when we get back to convenience and stuff like that and we go back to technology that's one of the myths of technology this idea of it always makes things better and more convenient it's like Like I was, we were fine without Uber. We were were fine. Were we? We got all these things. Anyways, we could get rides. We could get food to our, our place. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, this is better. It's like, no, it's just like different. You know, it's going to have its own effects and it's going to have its own drawbacks. And uh, I also have a flip phone, so I can't even use it.
0: (laughs) Oh, which you also wrote about in one of your vice articles. Are you, you're currently single? Yeah. Do you have a dating app?
1: No, I can't. I don't have. I have a flip phone. Oh, well, Show me the dating right. app right. that goes on the flip that's phone. Right.
0: Okay, I, I got myself there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, text messaging is yeah, kind uh, of a dating I mean, It kind of is. Kind of is right. Like, like is, yeah. do you
0: have you tried to set up a connection with a, a you know a, a nice Woman? lady uh, via text messages without calling her? I'm not saying That's like a huge compare. I'm not saying yeah. these are parallels. I'm just saying that ultimately. Person to person, we decide how we want to live our life. And if that yeah. means having a company like
1: Uber bring a service to us, how can you think not? It.
0: You're the ultimately the one using the service or not.
1: Right, but I don't think but I'll always exist. It's like but it's the way no, because uh it's because the technology becomes sort of a dominant orthodoxy. Like, it's not so much that you have the choice. It's like trying to get off Facebook. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, my invite, I don't, I don't get invited to anything anymore. I, uh, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, it's not some, we don't, we're not deciding to go on Facebook anymore. We're just all fucking jacked into that thing. And we put so much of our lives in it that now it's impossible to get out of it, or at least very, very, very difficult. And you have to make an actual sacrifice to do it. It's like the way when you walk around with your phone, that idea of it, of not looking at it is detrimental to your thinking because it is, Jesus Christ, I haven't made a joke. In <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like that, honestly, that, that's what was actually the most entertaining part of your podcast is like, you're actually talking about things that everybody's involved with and we kind of don't realize how convenience affects us sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it Convenience has almost made us
1: addicts. It definitely made us addicts. We're hugely addicted to, you, we can tell we're addicted to social media because of how much more we need it all the time. It's like a classic when the drug gives you, you know, the drug, you Don't get mean. less and less and you get less and less from menus. So you need more and more of it. So we're all fucking, we need like, like Tinder is basically fucking like crack Facebook. Like, it's like Facebook boiled down into its basic form, which is like its purest form, its purest hit, which is like, does this person want to fuck me? Does it, does this person that I want to fuck also want to fuck me? And Isn't so- that
0: why Mark Zuckerberg made it in the first place? I saw that movie. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the porn I'm talking about. The yeah, porn yeah, movie yeah, yeah. That, that made uh, apparent uh, connections to whatever the movie that Mark Zuckerberg starred by. But yeah, that's true. That is, no, that uh, is yeah.
1: it's, it's the male gaze. Yeah, uh, let me see this flip phone. I don't have it on me. I left it. You home. have no phone on you right now. Yeah, I you're leave totally disconnected. I leave it even, the I'm impressed. It's sick, man. It's great. Because now I, I can't look at it, right? Like, how did like I
0: knew you knew how to get here because I gave you an address, but, like, say, like, something comes up. Oh, my, up. Wrote oh my God, you have a little this, notepad. But that's, that's a comedian thing, too. That's to the you.
1: thing that I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, what are you talking about if something comes up? What's going to come up that I but can't like, handle? You know, I'm what a what happens person. if something
0: comes up, say, like, for some reason, like, what would you fall down. You know, you're, you're hungover. I would ask for help, you're... and then they would have a phone. And they would... <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so, the
0: convenience by
1: dude, separation like, but, but dude, degree. You're acting like before there were phones, human civilization. Was just barbarians in the mud throwing bone shards totally at each disagree. other. You disagree. Know what I mean? I'm
0: not saying that at all. I'm saying that we're a progressively forward-thinking people. We're, we don't dwell on.
1: I know, and that's a problem. How is that a problem? Because we've made so many mistakes, and we're going to keep repeating them unless we unless we look at the way. Like we have to look at technology as as. Uh, It's just a thing that's happening. It's not good. It's not bad. And so we need to like honestly kind of analyze it instead of, instead of just like, like we don't even know what it's doing to our brains right now because it changes so fast. Like we don't know what the internet is, how, because it takes like, you know it takes like 6 7 years to have a pretty definitive study on on something as complicated as like brain sciences right well in 6 7 years the internet's fucking way different like 6 7 years ago what, what was going on like like uh, facebook was still blowing our minds and or no that was old news already but like dating apps are kind of getting big and now it's like snapchat's huge and like 6 years i don't know what it's going to be we're probably going to be catching pokemon in virtual reality and we'll just be sleeping in pools of our own vomit and <laughs>
0: I, I'm very dystopic. Yeah, no, but and I get it. I'm not saying like I'm utopic in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like yes, history repeats itself. Yeah, the things you're saying you can't disagree know. you know what i mean I know they're, that's they're, they're... why
1: i'm good at debating
0: <laughs> well it's not really a debate, yeah, yeah, debate i know. that's like, how you debate like... very well
1: <laughs> that's what i mean that's what i mean when i don't like making points i like it it sounds like a point but it's right. very agreeable yeah
0: well i mean I, and i think that's that's the the tough part about these topics is you know there's too many things that too many people agree with and there's Mm. things that people don't agree with but who ultimately is correct and history does repeat itself right you know these are how wars are created in a sense but instead of you know actual wars we're having like companies like that, that, that kind of dictate you know what the market is like and how we live in it so it's interesting that comparison about how history repeats itself but you know I think because of the technology and because of how much more aware we are as a civilization, mm-hmm. we kind of can see history repeating itself. No, I know we can't. Come some on. people can. I mean, some people can. What and are you talking about? We can't do that. Like Elon Musk. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. that guy's like clearly living in the future, like developing technology. That's mm-hmm. going to ha- clearly help us from a history of, you know, fuel and, and emissions. And, and there's people that see it and, and de- definitely use that, History will repeat itself. Analogy to right. their benefit. Right. So I feel like that didn't exist 50 years ago. Maybe it like, did. Like industrialists, like yeah. people who just want
1: to drink, live in the future
0: no i i that definitely existed yeah. but the ability for that to be more widespread it is it is today because of technology it's like the technology is the reason why we're in the shitter but it's right. also the reason why elon musk is able to on a widespread you know information highway explain to us okay listen we we all know we're fucking right, g- right. burning and a big meteorite's gonna come get us yeah. but i'm obviously trying to instill this ability to believe in a greater good and a in a a better world even though chances
1: are slim <laughs> know, is, that, is, that, is that another back no, agreeable statement we're no, just no, shouting no, no, agreeable I, statements I, each other yeah like something like Elon Musk where it's like I love the idea of uh, of um, I did, I, it's just like I just don't trust uh, I just don't trust anybody at the, at the top of a corporation to be thinking about anything beyond sort of their own sort of dominance and I, I don't know how how much they want to help the human project? I'm sure he does, but also I don't have, I don't believe in like the sort of great man theories of history where it's like visionaries come in and and uh, and sort of change the game. I think it's more like societies have contributed to these people's rise in in ways small and large, and that uh, and then they're like, I'm going to revolutionize everything without without and they don't return that sort of favor back.
0: Clearly, the the Sault Ste. Marie's Mad Max analogy just keeps coming. Oh, buddy. Like, where where does this come from? Where does this need to kind of like, you know, question, you know, the Ubers, the escape rooms, the, the, you know, the Airbnbs?
1: So I think it, I think, I think one thing it does come is, is from is growing up in Sault Ste. Marie, which is like, just like economically, like, devastated place, right? And so I've seen the other side of... Well, I haven't even seen that much of the other side. And so I think that kind of always gave me a sympathy and an awareness that there basically there always is the other side of the coin. Like, if things are good in Toronto, which is great people are hurting elsewhere in Toronto you know like it, it, the way we can just kind of live in these bubbles of like how great Toronto is but then there's a bunch of people in North York who are like ah the fucking bus I'm on fucking is packed and it sucks every all the time and my neighborhood looks like shit and uh i've always had an awareness of 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 the other side of the coin i
0: I've, i'm absolutely honored that you were here today
1: mostly oh, because thanks,
0: I didn't think we were going to get this kind of all over the spectrum. I haven't had a, such an interview where I'm... Oh. No. Yeah. I can't, I got to tell you, Jordan, it's been a, a real pleasure. Where can we see you in the upcoming months and weeks what about social media? I mean, obviously, so you're I mean, not
1: accessing it on your flip phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, when I, you know, when I go to the local library, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have thought about doing that. Like, just get out of it completely. Just be one of those dudes on the library. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to. One of the things on my to-do list is I'm going to update uh, my website, johnfoisy.com, with all my upcoming shows. So if you're interested. Go there. That has all my upcoming shows. So that's what I'll, that's what I'll say to plug myself. Okay, great. com. Got my own domain. Amazing. Got, got the name. Well, again, thank you so much for coming today. Thanks, buddy. Thanks I for having me. I look forward to seeing
0: your career blossom yeah, in Toronto. Like the turgid
1: uh, flower it will be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, never sleepers. Sleep tight.